This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. That was a nice smooth start to a Masters Monday. <laughs> you know what was more smooth, though? <laughs> How about Scotty Scheffler? Scotty Scheffler, good morning. Good morning. Okay, Hello. so we are up. Sorry, some te- technical difficulties this morning as we are on TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, and TSN 2 uh, as we are broadcasting as well, simulcast on television this morning, I believe so. Hopefully that's working as well. Uh, Adam, Monday, after the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, pretty smooth. He took the arrow to the balloon. Like I was saying off the top there, I'll repeat myself in case Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't up when I was talking. I did uh, first stop this morning with Carlo and AK. And to me, the whole, I, I hate to break it down this way, but the whole golf tournament comes down to two holes for me, three and 12. Yep. I mean, if Scotty Scheffler doesn't get free relief on three and he doesn't chip in mm-hmm. for birdie on three after getting free relief, and then, of course, it gets a little closer after Cam Smith buries the birdie on 11. But then, of course, he you know he rinses it on 12, another victim on 12. I hate to say it, but the whole golf tournament for me is two holes. Well, and you could say the TSN turning point, TM, was that third hole when you mentioned Scotty Scheffler got that break or got that drop because if he didn't get a drop there, he's totally stymied. He's behind a tree. There's another, well, the leaderboard is also in front of him, which is why he got that drop. But the chip that he hold, if that misses the hole, what are we saying? Eight feet past the hole maybe? Because Cameron Smith hit a, a different shot to a, 15 feet or so past the hole, missed the par putt coming back. And that was a turning point. And then you mentioned the 11th hole, too, where Smith does make birdie after, after Scheffler makes his par putt. But if Scheffler misses that, we're, we're full on game on here. Because the way, the way Smith started with birdie birdie, like not many players birdie that first hole. He does that. Birdie's the second hole after Scheffler looked a little sketchy out of the gates there. He did. He, did. he looked like he, like he was going to give this thing away right out of the gates. Yep. Especially the way he was swigging. He had the quick hooks or quick draws going off the mm-hmm. tee. We saw the, the miss there. Uh, he got away with it on two. Uh, the two tee shot, the two approach shot went left. His third, shot, uh, third tee shot went way left. But, hey, he battled back in a big way. Good for him. We're going to get into it today. We're going to hear from Doug Bell with CBS Sports. Doug was covering uh, the Masters for CBS HQ. And the reason, part of the reason I wanted to have Doug on today uh, is personally, I don't know anyone who is walked more holes with Tiger Woods in the last 15 years than Doug Bell. Doug's a colleague of mine on PGA Tour Radio as well as uh, PGA Tour Live on ESPN+. And um, I just know Doug has called so many rounds. I wanted Doug's perspective on what he saw yep. from Tiger. Uh, Bob's going to join us uh, right up, right away in, in segment two this morning. Um, and we'll get Bob's perspective as he's making his way home from Augusta. Uh, it's going to be full Masters, two hours. We're going to do a deep dive uh, on what transpired over the weekend. But uh, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right. Let, let's lead with Tiger. Yeah. Um, ball speeds got up as the week went on. Mm-hmm. Um he looked difficult making his way around there. Yep. Uh, the short game, which was brilliant on Thursday, started to unravel as we headed towards the weekend. I'll just give it to you this way, Adam. 
Do you think he came back too soon? Uh, I think if it was any other tournament other than the Masters, he wouldn't have played. Whether it was the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, perhaps the Open, maybe he would have come back at this particular time. But if it's any other tournament, I say he doesn't play. Obviously, there weren't many reps in terms of walking. We saw the game was there. I mean, his short game really carried him on Thursday, like you mentioned. Only hit nine greens in regulation on Thursday. But the putter, which we thought would be the strength of his game, because for a bunch of time, that's all he could really do was chip and putt. The 36 putts on Saturday was mind-boggling for a guy who you know is one of the great putters on in the history of the game maybe he came back a little soon but I'm guessing Tiger got so excited with the way he was starting to feel with how his team as he alluded to multiple times was helping him recover and prepare for rounds I don't think he regrets playing it I'm sure he doesn't feel great right now in terms of how his body is feeling physically but for Tiger to to make the cut I think is a remarkable accomplishment. I do too. I think walking four rounds of golf, I think showing us signs that there's still a game there. Uh, To your point, making the cut, beating some of the biggest names in golf, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Terrell Hatton. That's a story in itself. Hatton, (laughs) would you not love to have uh, Hatton and Horschel mic'd? Oh, yeah. Netflix, look out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... I mean, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of positives. I, I don't think if it was anything other than the Masters, I don't think he would have played. So the question then becomes, a month ago, he said, if you had asked him a month ago if he could have physically have done this, mm-hmm. his answer would have been no. Yeah. So obviously there was, some, there was an upward trajectory in his recovery and rehabilitation in the last 30 days that he might not have been anticipating. Or... He pushed it, pushed the envelope to get ready for this because it is the Masters, to your point. Yep. He is now committed to the Open Championship in July, which we know is a long ways away. Uh, St. Andrews, the 150th edition of the Open Championship. Fairly easy walk for four days, especially in comparison to what we just had here at Augusta. He, he left the door open on the PGA and U.S. Open, but did not commit. He wants to give himself time, which again tells me he really pushed it for this. Yep. So now it all comes down to, and I'm not a doctor. I wish I was. In fact, maybe we should get somebody on Ooh, as an idea. expert in this world, right? Wow. Because just because you anticipated or just because you experienced, I should say, in the last 30 days, the upward trajectory that that what he that he has experienced in rehab in order to get to this point, I, I it is my understanding that there's no guarantee that that trajectory will continue. Totally right. So a lot of it now just simply comes down to how much better can his body get, right? Totally. And I, you know, I was talking to some people over the weekend. What I, I wish there was a simulation where we could try to play a round of golf and endure the amount of pain that Tiger is going through. Because we have no idea how much pain he's actually in. I mean, walking up those last couple holes on Sunday looked to be very painful. The way he walked up to see his family right after finishing on 18, like he could barely move, right? So you wonder how much more that leg can endure. Nick Follow said on the broadcast that Tiger was doing a lot of training in the sand, so running around trying to strengthen the ankle. Smart. Which is very smart. Yeah. You, you wonder... I mean, even Tiger said in his post on Sunday that his ankle leg didn't really have much endurance. He would wake up, it'd be super stiff. He'd warm it up, it'd be fine. 
and then for the last couple holes he just have nothing left in the tank and knowing tiger knowing the way his team works they'll learn from this and say hey here's what happened at augusta here's how we can make it better the walk at the pga championship or u.s open open championship won't be anywhere near as difficult let's see if we can you know maybe take a week off or something and ramp it up again i wouldn't be surprised if we see him at the pga championship personally well i think it all really comes down to again on how this rehab goes because again if we're forecasting july and the open championship and we're still having this conversation Mm -hmm. about fatigue in the ankle and fatigue in the leg like can it hold up on you know the 60th hole of a golf tournament i mean at that point maybe the writing's on the wall here that this is what it's going to be and and let's just enjoy the fact that he's able to play golf and still participate yep I think the big picture hope is we're not having that conversation anymore. That every time we see him, it's less about that and more about his golf game. Fair? Totally fair. And, I mean, even, like, as we mentioned, his golf swing looked pretty good. It looks pretty good. He's got speed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there were a couple of misses, especially on downhill lies. Competitive rust, downhill lies, uphill lies on the back leg, right? But his driver, like, we talk about the stealth driver yeah. all the time. He, that, he was getting some pop out there. He was driving John Rahm multiple times on Sunday. Let's take a break, because on the other side, we're going to have Bob join us. He's on his way home from Augusta National, so we want to jump in. We'll switch gears. We will talk Tiger with Bob, but we need to talk about Scotty Shuffler. And speaking of the stealth driver, another win for the Carbon Age. Another one. First place and a second place, including multiple top tens. Morikawa sliding in there to the fifth late. He did a, almost a Rory uh, McIlroy impression, <laughs> Colin Morikawa. We'll get into notables. We'll play a little over par, um, under par. We're going to break down the 2022 Masters. But on the other side, Bob on his way home from Augusta National. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade. And the all-new Stealth Driver, with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino in studio with you with Adam Scully as we simulcast today on TSN 2 television as we do after every major golf event in the world of golf. Of course, it's a Masters Monday. Mm-hmm. And joining us now... Adam, on his way home from Augusta National, I'm sure he did the gentleman thing and invited the rest of the TSN crew into the private Golf Talk Canada jet, and he's not making the rest of them fly commercial. Mr. Bob Weeks. Weeksy, how's it going? Yes, we're up here with the uh, at the front with the, the champagne is just about to be open, <laughs> so uh, we finished up with a few uh, a few um, uh, egg here so yes it's a it's a lovely morning on the way home <laughs> all right listen we're going to get into all this obviously we want your tiger impressions etc but scotty scheffler checking all the boxes uh i was uh on this morning with carlo and ak on first up and we're talking about how you know he, he's not the best in the world at anything in particular he's just extremely solid at everything and i know a lot has happened in the last 60 days, 
But a lot has happened in the last 24 months as well. PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, undefeated at the Ryder Cup. There, there's really, Bob, no reason to believe that he's not going to win again at some point this year and continue to contend. Yeah, it's it's a pretty remarkable run when you think about it. And and um, like you said, there's nothing. There's not a lot of weak parts in his game. Some are stronger than others. He was actually leading the tournament in putting up until the 72nd hole. Uh, that <laughs> dropped him down a little bit, but 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 he drove the ball well. You know, there were a couple of exceptions on the, obviously the tee shot on uh, Saturday that went into the woods and uh, reduced his lead a little bit. But but when you look at his his body of work over the four days, there was nothing that really glaring. He said, oh, my gosh, he's not chipping well, or he's not putting well, or his irons are missing. He kind of did everything at sort of 85% and up, and that was more than enough to win at this tournament. And and like you said, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when, they, when you said he's number one, they all looked at us and said, well, I don't think he's really number one. I think he's just on a little bit of a hot streak. I think he's just kind of riding this the crest of this little wave that's going to crash but i don't i don't think so anymore i think this guy is legit he won two times then he won a world golf championship event in the match play then he wins a major championship he's won nine million dollars <laughs> since he paired up with ted scott i mean it's just remarkable uh this whole package he's put together and and the best part about it he's a really nice guy and we're going to see him at the rbc canadian open as well mm-hmm. And that's awesome news that he'll be at the RBC Canadian Open. Now, Bob, this is a guy who's on the outside seems pretty unflappable. But as he spoke about in his press conference after the round, his Sunday morning was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. What was your thought on what you heard from Scotty Scheffler after his round saying that he basically cried his eyes out Sunday morning saying he didn't think he was ready for this opportunity? Well, I think it tells you just how big winning a major championship is for any golfer, any, even a guy who's coming in having won a whole bunch of tournaments in a row. Uh, I think that, um, that that's probably an extreme version of what a lot of guys go through on Sunday. It's a long wait. You know, he didn't tee off till 10 to 3. So you're sitting around thinking about what to do and thinking about how it's going to be and trying to keep those thoughts out of your mind. Uh, but I think it shows he's a passionate guy. Like I think like a lot of these guys are. They don't show it on the outside. Cam Smith doesn't look like he's going through the emotions. Corey Connors doesn't look like he's going through the emotions, but for Scotty Scheffler, obviously, to first of all, to admit that and open up about that, I thought was very brave and very revealing, but I, I just love the way um, he he admitted to it, and, and really it just shows you how much this means to these guys. You know, Bob, I think you hit on something very key there, because what I was thinking was, you know, his ability to take ownership of that and not be scared of the fact that he feels that way and do it publicly is, I think, the first step in, in you know, not letting it take over you, you controlling it. They talk about that with the yips and the psychology of the yips. And the first thing you need to do is admit you have the yips before you can fix them. It's like, it's like any other problem in life. If you ignore the problem or, or suggest you don't have it, you're not taking the first step towards fixing it. And I think you know, Scotty Scheffler kind of did that emotionally with this major. You mentioned the Ted Scott thing. He's made more money with Ted Scott at nine events than he did in his, pre- his previous 60 starts, I think, on the PJ <laughs> Tour, which is hilarious. But this is a great segue, Bob, because we're talking about emotional strength, accepted, uh, accepting the, the challenge and the size of the moment. And here we are again, Bob. Our annual Rory McIlroy Sunday 64. The record book will show that he narrowly missed winning a green jacket on Sunday when you and I in the sports world know that was never quite the case. What what do we take again from this? 
Well, yeah, it's the lowest round ever shot on a Sunday at the Masters history. So, I mean, clearly he knows how to get it in into the hole. I, I, my takeaway really after watching it last night was, and watching him go around, was noticing not only the great play, but also just how much passion he was showing, how much emotion he was showing, how into it he was. And when I compare that going back and looking at Thursday, you know, maybe that's the kind of thing he needs to bring. Maybe he sort of dumbed down his emotional, um, slowed it down and, and done it a little bit too much. And maybe what he needs to do is, is to get himself into a, a, a more of an emotional uproar, for, for lack of a better term, to play that way. If he plays like that for 72 holes, nobody's going to touch him. Um, and and I, I just sort of think that he's thought he plays so well. And you go back to Ryder Cups, he does the same thing there. And he plays so well when he's like that. Um, and maybe there's just a lack of purpose in those early rounds, and, and he just needs to, to find that. And, and that's even what Rory said after his round on Sunday, Bob, where he said, you know, in major championships, you sort of just have to hang around. But on Sunday, he said, yeah, I was freewheeling it. So for Rory McIlroy, this is a guy who has struggled in first rounds of major championships since winning that major at the 2014 PGA Championship. Maybe, Bob, this guy just has to go out and say, hey, maybe I'll miss the cut by four. Or maybe he's tried a freewheel. Maybe try a different strategy. He's tried different strategies throughout his major career. Maybe just try going for every pin at majors. Who knows? Maybe that'll work, right? Yeah, and I don't think he has to go for everything, but I think he has to hit every shot with emotion and, mm. and every shot with, like, a thrill ride, you know? And, and you're right. I think he has to take probably a little bit more, a few more chances, and, uh, and hopefully that they work out. But I, I just think that there doesn't seem to be this commitment to the shot on every single time at least not an emotional commitment i'm sure there's a mental physical side of it but uh, get out there and want this tournament you know and, and and i know he wants it but but show that passion that you show in in rider cups and in other events like that i think you're a thousand percent correct bob and and the more i think about it <clears throat> excuse me and the more you talk about this when Rory has brought it over the years and when he's brought his best, I mean, think of those toe-to-toe matches with Patrick Reed in the in the Ryder Cup and they're pounding their chest and they're playing off the crowd. And, I mean, Rory's b- beloved. Why not use that to your advantage? You know, whoever's advising him to go into this emotionalist coma where you don't care and you act like you don't want it, it's just head-scratching and... You know, I guess I guess that's also a, a wonderful way to lead into Tiger Woods here, Bob, as he suggested that, that the patrons at Augusta were just unbelievable this week, you know, pushing him along, pulling him along. Uh, you know, obviously, the body, it, it, you know, the golf game showed us a lot of good things. It showed us a lot of rust as well. Short game left him. At the end of the day, I'll ask you what I asked Adam off the top of today's show. Do you think do you think Tiger came back just a little too soon? Yeah, let's let's face it. If if, uh, if this wasn't the Masters and this was the PGA being played this week, I, I don't think we would have seen him. He came back because this is the Masters. And yes, I do think he probably came back a little bit early, uh, but but he figured he could probably get it around. I, I don't know, and I don't think anyone but Tiger and his team know how much pain he was in after the rounds. But you could see on late Saturday and late Sunday. There was more. Um, there was more limping. There was more anguish in his face at times. Uh, I, I think he was hurting pretty well down the stretch, and I, I think that um, whatever it took to get him back out there in the morning, a lot of it was was physio and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of it was just pure willpower. I'm, I'm sure of it. 
and it's not easy to uh, it's not easy to play that way. But the fans did carry him on. And one thing I noticed a lot of, he was acknowledging people in the crowd, almost like Phil Mickelson did. You know, people would yell things out. He would react to them. When has he ever done that before? He's never acknowledged that. He's always been kind of in this deep focus. And so I think there's sort of this gratefulness seeping through him that, you know, okay, maybe I'm not going to win now. And but but I, I the experience here, being back here, this is where I want to be. This is. I want to be back in competition. I want to be with my buddies on the PGA Tour. This is what I've done for my entire life. And that was almost taken away from me. And now I have the ability, I know, to come back and do it. That leg's going to get stronger. I don't think it's going to get better, but it's going to get stronger. Um, he'll have lack of movement, and, and who knows how well he'll be able to play. Um, but I think it was just a, a thrill. And I can tell you, the fans down here were, nobody had bigger crowds, as you'd expect. Uh, they, were, they were completely in awe of just what he was doing and who he was. Now, Bob, uh, you mentioned that the patrons, the fans, it was a great, uh, the, the, the reception there was unbelievable. The first Augusta National Masters back uh, with fans in a couple of years. But the burning question that everyone wants to know, who won the egg salad sandwich contest between you and Graham Delight? I managed to eke one out. And, uh, oh, and it was, uh, yeah, I got to 12 to 11. And uh, it was a late flurry on Sunday with three <laughs> Three egg salad sandwiches on Sunday. Um, I, I am very proud to win, but I will tell you, I don't want to see an egg for a while now. <laughs> Bob, before we let you go, a couple of quick things before we let you go. Do we see Tiger before the Open Championship, and if so, where? And also, hey, Corey Connors, another top 10. I know he wants to win this golf tournament, but, I mean, three top 10s in a row. It's just like this is just a, a regular uh, date on the calendar now for Corey. Yeah, uh, I think we'll see Tiger again before, and I. But I think it'll if it if it is somewhere, it'll probably be the U.S. Open. But it, I'm saying that, but it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't happen. If he didn't see him till July. As for Corey Connors, I've never had more reaction from people asking why we didn't see more of Corey Connors over the four days and what was CBS doing. Um, I think this is a pretty good play for Corey Connors. He had a solid, another solid Masters. Becomes the second Canadian to win three in a row after Stan Leonard. Uh, I think you're going to see Corey win a tournament very soon. That might not be a major, but I think you're going to see him win a tournament very, very soon. It could come this week at Hilton Head, Mark. I think you would agree this is probably a perfect Corey Connor style golf course. A thousand percent, Bob. You play that golf course backwards, you've got to hit it uh, not in the fairway, but what stripe of the fairway and what side of those greens. Some of the smallest greens on the PGA Tour, I'm with you right there on that one. Weeksy, have a, a safe trip home. We'll see you tomorrow for uh, Golf Talk Canada Television, which will air on Wednesday as we uh, have got a bunch of great stuff uh, from the week in Augusta. And uh, easy, no more eggs the rest of the way, okay? <laughs> okay, take care, guys. All right, Bob Weeks on his way home from Augusta National after a long week at the Masters. Adam, on the other side, we've only talked about Scheffler, Woods, and McElroy. But there are a ton of big names that we need to get to. We're going to play a little over par, under par. Some of them cup half full, some of them cup half empty. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, a Monday Masters edition, TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, TSN 2 as we simulcast on TV, Zacchino Scully with you. And, you know, once again, at first glance on this leaderboard, historically, Adam, we'll look back and go, oh, what a closely contested Masters with a lot of big names. Not really the case. Uh, Cameron Smith was really the only other player that had an opportunity to win this championship. Let's start with Cameron Smith. He was my pick to win this along with Colin Morikawa. I really, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really thought Smith was going to win. And I still think Smith, if, if three goes differently, if three doesn't get the chip in, I think this goes a very different way, this golf tournament. And I think Cameron Smith will bounce back quickly possibly as soon as the PGA Championship. And and I do believe he will win a green jacket one day. Totally. So considering the year he's had, considering some of the luck he had on three, not the best decision on 12, I'm going to go still under par for Cameron Smith. I know it wasn't the Sunday he wanted. I know the record books will show a tie for third when clearly he was the next best player in this golf tournament. I'm going to give him under par, over par, under par, Cameron Smith. Yeah, I'm the same. So, you know, Cameron Smith could have been the first player to win the players and the Masters in the same year since Tiger in since 2001, Tiger. correct? So to have this and his first start since the Players' Championship, since mm-hmm. that, you know, 10 birdie barrage in the final round on that Monday finish at TPC Sagras. So this was a great finish. And his week at Augusta was wild, too, with... You know, bookending his round on Thursday with double bow. He's still shooting 68. Didn't have his best off Friday. But the 68 on Saturday, that was a great round of golf, uh, the way the conditions were. You wonder with that tee shot on 12, he had to have pushed that. He had to have chunked that, right? I mean, we saw 17 at, at Sawgrass, okay, So right? you were watching our coverage Sunday, yeah, right? I was. And my last hit with Lindsey Hamilton in our studio was... I said, can we take a look at this? Because I, I really want to break this down. And and I suggested, you know, he was aiming about 10, 15 feet left of the flag at 17, yep. protecting the lead at Sawgrass. And he pushed that to about 10, 15 feet right of the flag and made a two and got away with it at the Island Green 17. So it's not necessarily the push that's the problem in my mind on 17 at Sawgrass. It's the fact that he's starting at 10, 15 feet left of the flag and pushes it. I mean, you've got to start that 30 feet left of the flag at Mm. the Island Green, 35 feet left of the flag. And if you push it, you're 15 feet from the hole still on the proper side of the flag. So it starts with the decision on where you're starting the golf ball. He took an aggressive line on the Island Green. And on Sunday, I said to Lindsay, keep your eye on this. There is going to come a point, a juncture likely in this golf tournament, when we get to 12, Mm -hmm. it's going to be close, and he is going to be faced with almost an identical situation as he was in at at Sawgrass, although this time he could be the chaser and not the protector. And if he takes dead aim, so even if he, he didn't catch that the way he wanted to, totally, we all know that. But the fact that he's starting it on that line to begin with is a problem. If he is aiming that golf ball 35, 40 feet left of the flag, where Tiger hit it in 2015 and gave himself a mini fist pump for hitting it 40 feet left because that's where he was aimed, if he hits it left, you might get away with the with the mishit. You could be in that front bunker. You yep. could be getting up and down and still in that golf tournament. So it all starts with the decision to start it at the flag. I mean, 
Unlike Scotty Scheffler, where we're like, okay, there's no holes in the game right now. There's two holes in Cameron Smith's game. Doesn't know maybe when to not shoot at the flag, mm-hmm. and there's a left tee shot miss. Well, we saw the left, left tee shot miss more so after the carnage on yes. 12, making triple bogey. Maybe that was frustration. Maybe that was trying to push a little too hard. You wonder, though, the tee shot on 12, is that lack of Masters experience, too, perhaps? Just trying to be more and more. I don't know. He's played well I don't there. think so. I don't know. He's yeah. got three top tens coming into yeah. this. And this is the other thing about Masters experience that kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And I chuckle a bit to myself when we have this conversation because Masters experience, understanding the greens, when they start to speed up as they get to the weekend, not experiencing them as they brown up. Uh, certain little subtleties around the greens that you can't see on TV that you need to get used to. Standing on that 12 tee and you look at the 11 flag and the wind's blowing one way and the 12 flag's blowing another way. Yeah. Okay, but you, but this particular situation, you don't need to learn this situation. You and I know this. Yeah. We've never played think. one Masters and we know on Sunday, unless you absolutely have to, unless you're trailing by five... You don't shoot at the flag at 12. You wonder, too, if it's just he, he thought, you know what, I'm feeling good. I just birdied 11. Why not try to apply a little pressure? And obviously it came back to haunt him. Certainly uh, did. But, I mean, for Cameron Smith, like you mentioned, this is one of the best putters in the PGA Tour going into the week. He was second in par five scoring, set a PGA Tour record back in January, players champion. This guy will be in the mix at major championships again. Maybe at the PGA in a month. I really like him at the U.S. Open. I really do, but we'll see. We'll see. We will see, but I'm with you, and, and we both have him under par in totally, the big picture. Totally. Uh, Rory McIlroy, I'm going over par. I don't care about the Sunday 64. I really don't. It's fun to watch. Love watching it. Love Rory. I think Bob hit on something. Maybe he's approaching these things differently, uh, and certainly his performances in, inve- in events where he gets emotional would certainly be proof in the pudding to me that he needs a new approach here. Uh, I'm going over par on Rory, and in fact, his Sunday 64, for me personally, puts him more over par than if he shot 74 on Sunday, and the reason I say that, Adam, is because that 64 on Sunday is proof once again, like I said earlier in the week to you guys, this has nothing to do with his golf swing or his golf game. This has to do with the six inches between the ears and what's right in here. The 64 puts him more over par for me. Okay, so I'll take a bit of a different stance. I think, I, I'm saying he's under par because, you know, every once in a while we'll see these, these glimmers of hope from Rory, i.e. CJ Cup after the emotional display at the Ryder Cup when he clearly didn't have his best stuff. But this is more what I was talking, what I asked Bob about, is that maybe Rory just has to try something different at the major championships. Just try to freewheel. Try to play with more emotion. You know, even you know at the Open Championship a couple of years ago, his caddy basically berated him that, you know, you're three over through four. You know, who are you? Like, you know, play your game sort of thing at the 2017 Open Championship. Just play with more emotion. Just, like, obviously you care, and we know you care, but I didn't think his game was that Bad the first three days. He had a bad stretch in the second round when he went bogey, double double bogey on 10 and 11, a three-putt from about seven feet. I don't know. Just Okay, well, let's break it down this way. Let's break it down a different way. Let's get more narrow on yeah. this. What is the difference between Sunday and Thursday to Saturday? There are two things that are different. One, he starts the round thinking he doesn't have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. nothing to lose. You're playing with house money, 
Everything you do today is just bonus. Okay, so there's column one. Column two, wore his emotions on his sleeve, played with energy, fed off the crowd. Those two things he did not do Thursday to Saturday. So why not just try to bring Sunday to Thursday? I I agree. And, And even, you know, when he did get in the mix somewhat realistically to a degree on Sunday, Left miss on 14. You text me. You I, said yeah, he's we going to rinse it on 15. Yeah. And I was expecting him to rinse it on and then 15. He, he, you know, quacked it left on 14, 15, 16. He had a good shot. He maybe hit the putt a little firm. 17 missed it left again. So he, he is he is the most interesting man in golf right now. Mm-hmm. Both the way he speaks to the media. He always gives you an unbelievably honest quote. We love him. But the way he plays, too. It's He's because... I think we can agree, and we've said this before, that when every player in the world is playing their best, he is the best. Yes. He's the most gifted golfer on the planet right now as we speak. Naturally gifted golfer, including Tiger Woods because Tiger Woods is broken. Okay? And including Phil Mickelson because Phil Mickelson no longer plays and has sold his soul to the devil. And and (laughs) That's another subject. And he's a 1,000 years old. (laughs) But Rory, I mean, just I, I want him to go to the PGA Championship. I want him to hit driver on every hole. I want him to, you know, you know, up in here say, you know what? If I shoot 80, that's fine. But I want to shoot, I want to shoot 67. Like, like try not to shoot 70 on the first round of a major. And don't, you know, like don't hang around like you said. How about removing the goal from the day? Like right now, all we're talking about is don't. All I want to do is not shoot myself out of it. All I want to do is put around. Uh, with a six in front of it, or yeah. put something on the scoreboard under par. Why don't we just remove the goal and go through the process? And my process on Thursday, instead of walking around like a zombie, pretending I don't care, why don't I go to start the major as Rory McIlroy as this beloved fan favorite, and I'm going to fist pump, and I'm going to get the crowd going, and I'm going to go for par fives, and I'm going to hit it as hard as I can, and I'm going to stroke putts like I don't care about the one coming back. And at the end of the round, we're going to add them up, and we're going to see what I have. And I bet you, Adam, that that number has a six in front of it. I think he's got to play. Like he plays his driver. Like he, he yes. doesn't go at saying, I want to hit my driver 306 yards. He wants to hit his driver as far as humanly possible. Yes. And he's hitting these ludicrous ball speeds. Just freewheel it from tee to green. You know, he's working with Brad Faxon with his putter. His putting obviously was better on Sunday for the most right. part. He, I mean, I'm curious where we go TSN edgewise come PGA Championship. I mean, you got to, what you're trying to say here is you've got to dance like nobody's watching, baby. Exactly. <laughs> This is the way I dance all the time anyway, baby. Yeah. All right. We got tons still to get to. We're going to continue our over par, under par, including some notables that missed the cut in hour two. We're going to break more down. There's still tons to get to. Uh, what about Gary Player with the Saudi Golf League on the Yikes. collar, on the ceremonial tee shot? What are you doing, I would have yanked him yeah. from the back of the collar and pulled him off the ceremonial tee shot. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing, Gary? On the other side, we're going to give you some 20 weeks of tailor-made news. We're going to tee up hour two, and I want to get your opinion on some of the changes mm-hmm. at Augusta, which have kind of gone, we haven't been talking much about them. I don't know. It's mixed reviews on social media. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade, 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We're kicking off 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Well, we kicked it off this week. We're going to give away a prize Wednesday afternoon on Golf Talk Canada Television. Before we can tell you how you can win and more details on 20 weeks of TaylorMade this year, Adam, what about the changes Mm -hmm. at Augusta? 11, the tee was shifted left and brought back an additional 20 yards. Hole was playing about 520 all week as a par four. Uh, changing the angle of the tee shot. They thinned out some of the trees to the right, leaving some options for players that that blew it right. But at the end of the day, it was the easiest fairway to hit on the entire golf course all week, which I found amazing that it it went from one of the more difficult driving holes with just a little shift in angle to the easiest fairway to hit all week. But that didn't seem to matter because it was the hardest green to hit in regulation throughout this tournament there was it was the hardest hole on the golf course they reshaped the right edge of the green to make it fall off a little deeper in the Larry Mai zone mm-hmm. made the uh, pimple in front of the green a little larger to uh, make some of the golf balls kick away a little further from the putting surface if you were going to bail right I mean, we'll get to 15 in a second but 11 was already a hard hole that just got harder where are you at at this it was hard. It was just a hard hole, especially because it played into the wind most of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, you think back to Tiger on Thursday. He went driver and ripped a four iron and ended up short of the green and started laughing. He said, I, I can't hit that any better. And you didn't see many guys dry or get on that green regulation. Cam Smith obviously made that great birdie on Sunday. That area right of the green, a bit of a different chip where, you know, we saw Tiger was right of it. Minwoo Lee was also on the right of it after shooting 30 on, on the first nine on Sunday. It was just, a, it's a hard hole. I mean, I, I want to see it again. Hopefully next year it's warmer all four days. Okay, so right? you just hit on something there because I, I feel the same way you do about 11 and as well about 15 because you and I were going back and forth throughout the broadcast. And, you know, 15 w- was one of the most exciting holes in major championship golf. And from Thursday to Saturday, it was boring. I mean, 15. We did not see the the drama that we normally get on 15, and that's because nobody was going for the green. Uh, There was no risk-reward. It was just became a a three-shot par five with a conservative wedge shot because if you don't play that wedge shot conservatively, you can rinse it. Mm -hmm. It played more exciting on Sunday, a little bit more exciting. I think... On 15, obviously, they, they moved the tee back. It plays 550. They changed the angle there as well. But it played a little bit better on Sunday when we got typical Masters conditions. So I'm curious. You know, We really played the Masters this year in winter, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. We only played it in spring for one day. The weather, unseasonably cold, unseasonably wet early in the week. So in a normal Masters... Would those holes have played better? Likely, I'm going to suggest. Yep. I will say this to you. I think that, tell me if I'm right or wrong or how you feel about this. I think the biggest mistake made on 15 was not the redesign of 15 to create the T in the back and make it 550. I think the biggest mistake on 15 was not leaving 
the old T-deck in place or at least extending the front of the new T-deck because it's nice to have the hole at 550. It's nice to put the teeth back in it. It's nice to set it up on Thursday and Friday and, and, and make it a three-shot par five or give players different look. But to lose the ability to have it at 510, 515, 520, to lose that ability by maybe not having enough elongated of a front tee deck or the old deck still in play, for me is a mistake. You want to have the ability to play the hole at different lengths, especially the first couple of days, like you mentioned, when it was freezing and it's playing into the fan and guys are hitting, you know, driver six iron wedge to 85 yards and it's essentially just a wedge contest. Arguably the most exciting shot we saw in 15 from the first three rounds was Shane Lowry on the third round on Saturday when he nearly holed out for eagle, right? Like that was arguably the most exciting sure. shot we saw yeah. all day, all throughout the first three rounds. And yes, guys, but there wasn't an eagle there throughout the week. I don't. We believe. did not have an eagle on fifty. But you know, we we you know we love Sergio Garcia's win in two thousand seventeen. He had an eight iron from hundred and seventy nine yards in and nearly dunked it. Right. I mean, obviously it was hotter then, but right. You kind of want that. You want the excitement. You want guys to have eagle putts. And I'm wondering if what we saw from Scotty Scheffler is the happy medium that we saw on Sunday which was a, a five iron, not an eight iron, but a five iron. So if you've if you got guys with five irons and four irons and hybrids in there where they can still get to the green and hit a quality shot and make an eagle, but, but they have to hit a shot. It's not a flip eight iron. You know, where these guys with short irons, it's, it's ridiculous. So I understand the dilemma, but therein lies the problem. I mean, you're only going to get it now when Mother Nature cooperates as opposed to the tournament committee having the option to say, yeah, it's cold today. The wind's in the player's face. We still want players going for this green and two, so we're moving the tee up. You can't do that now. When Mother Nature doesn't cooperate with the 15th, the existing design of 15, you're going to get three-shot par five all day. Okay, speaking of guys going for it, how about Scotty Scheffler going for 15 and two? Now, when Ted Scott, who's cat- who was caddying for <laughs> Scheffler, caddied for Bubba Watson for Bubba. back in 2014. So third green jacket? Yeah, no. but Bubba had a similar lead on 14. It had to, like finagle it through a like a little gap yes. in a tree. Scheffler's hitting a 20-yard draw with a four-shot lead. I, I mean, it worked out. He made birdie. Good for him. But it was like, uh, what if this goes he, wrong? I, I get, you know what? I, I, the little window into the uh, into the player's mind on things that give them a little bit of, you know, antsiness, etc. He was hitting his irons in his mind so well uh, to just aim it right and let it draw. And if it doesn't, he's still fine. Felt way more safe and way more comfortable than a 130-yard, 120-yard little wedge shot off a downhill lie where the nerves come in. Maybe lay the saw on one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Very weird. Quickly, before we go to break, on the other side, we're going to be joined by Doug Bell from CBS Sports. Um, 20-week sailing. We're giving it away on Wednesday. What are we giving away, and how do people win? Adam? Okay, so do you want the driver that Scotty Scheffler used to win the Masters and win four of his last six starts <laughs> and the top three players in the leaderboard, too? By the way, all you have to do is follow Golf Talk Canada, follow Taylor May Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies on our posts, both on Twitter and Instagram, for your chance to win. Plus, you can win a set of stealth irons. This very irons that our own Bob Weeks has in the bag. He's a club longer already this season. Huge. He's hitting it straighter in the simulator. Yes, he obviously works out nine <laughs> times a day, so that's Bob Weeks. So keep, take that for what you will. But stealth irons, stealth driver, that's what you can win this week in 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow TaylorMade on Instagram, Twitter. Tag your buddy for your chance to win. Grand prize through the bag. Custom set at the end of the season. Get treated like DJ for the day. You will walk out looking like a touring 
Pro full bag and a trip for two to Casa de Campo in Dominican Republic wow. is the grand prize. 20 weeks of TaylorMade, over 30000 in prizing this year. Bigger and better than ever. On the other side, my colleague from PGA Tour Radio who was covering the Masters as part of the CBS Sports team this week, Doug Bell. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by... Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It's Zacchino. It is Scully with you as Weeks has uh, joined us in hour one on his way home from Augusta as we are breaking down the year's first major. And the reason I wanted to invite our next guest on the show, first of all, he's a member of the CBS Sports team, uh, a member of the PGA Tour radio team and PGA Tour live uh, team on ESPN+, Plus. so a colleague of yours truly. But also, personally, I, I don't know anyone who has walked more holes physically in the last 15 years with Tiger Woods more than our next guest. So I thought in terms of perspective... And having perspective on what we saw from Tiger this week uh, on a first-hand account, uh, our next guest has has more data in the bank uh, than anybody else I know. So welcoming into the program now, my friend, uh, Doug Bell. Doug, how are you, my friend, before we get into this? Hey, Mark. Hey, Adam. I'm doing great. And, and I love the uh, flowery introduction. And basically, you could have just said, you're an old dude. <laughs> Let's bring in the old guy, Doug. No, no, great to be with you guys. <laughs> Doug, I, I meant that. It's like when I think about people I know who who have a lot of firsthand knowledge of Tiger. Like, I've only had the pleasure of calling Tiger twice in, in my career working with you on PGA Tour Radio because for the majority of the eight years that I've spent with you on that team, Tiger's been on the sidelines for a lot of yeah. it. So I've only got a chance to call him twice. I know, you know, you were there when he won at the Tour Championship and, and, and yeah. had to part that, the sea of people at Eastlake. I mean, you have so much experience with this man. So... What what did you get from that? I'm you know Adam and I are getting a few things. Uh, we, you know we think the golf game itself showed a lot of good signs. Uh, you know the short game looked great early in the week. Ball speeds got up later in the week when the short short game left him. We think this really comes down to you know how how much recuperation can this body do? How much better can this bar, body get over the next? 60 days, 90 days, et cetera. Where are you on this? Well, first off, guys, you know, I really believe in and what I've seen over the years is this metamorphosis of his physical uh, prowess in his body. I mean, back in 97 when he won the Masters, he was this skinny kid who just, 
I mean, the backswing went over parallel. He lashed it through faster than anybody at that time. I mean, he hit it a country mile. Remember that Saturday he was playing with Colin Montgomery, and he was 50, 60, 70 yards past Montgomery all the time. And then through the years, he got into weightlifting. And I think what we're seeing now is a guy who, on the rehab trail, has figured out that I've got to build that upper body. And he looks like a football player from the waist up. And that obviously compensates for what he's lacking in the lower body. Uh, And the leg will never even be close to what it was. In fact, Mark and Adam, I would say right now he's probably 65% physical capability and he'll never get back to a hundred percent but i think he hopes to get maybe to 80 mm-hmm. percent but we saw on the weekend a guy who was noticeably limping i mean he, he was he was hurting there's no question about it but on the other side as you mentioned the game looks pretty decent and i think he works hard at it he's he's listen he you know when you're the best that's ever picked up a club you know i say in the modern era with all due respect to the great golden bear um what Tiger has done, what I've visually seen with my own eyes, is just it is remarkable what this guy can do with a golf ball. So that never leaves you, but that physical prowess is never going to be back where it was. And so how do you bring it all together? Well, I think you bring it all together with your mind. And he, he and, and Mark, it, he's the greatest grinder I've ever seen on the golf course. We saw it this weekend. He goes 78-78, but he never gave up on any hole, never mailed it in. And I just think that's what makes him so special. And I do think now he's appreciating the fact where he's come from, where he's been. And Jim Nance said it best yesterday when he was walking off the green. He said this was never about another green jacket. It was always about something internal. And that's what we saw on display yesterday, how appreciative he was. Guys, I don't think he's going to play the PGA Championship. I know he's won at Southern Hills. That's 36 days away, I believe. I think that's too quick. I think we're going to see him at the old course, the Open Championship. He's won there twice. He called it yesterday his favorite course in the world. And that'll be the last time. Think about that now. That'll be the last time we ever see Tiger Woods play the old course competitively coming up in July. That is going to be something pretty special. Because of the rota, it won't come back for five years. And he's not going to be playing when he's 51. So this will be the last time we see him at the uh, the birthplace of golf. That That's going to be pretty cool, guys. That's going to be really cool. And you mentioned a couple of things there, Doug. First of all, how he's how he's built like a football player. Now, I, I almost yeah. think back at the PNC, he was built more like a linebacker. Like the way his arms <laughs> look back then, it really looks like he has actually trimmed down a little bit. He's still very bulky, I would say. But back at the PNC, he even talked about when he was coming back initially, when he was on crutches, his triceps just got so jacked because that's all he could do, <laughs> hobbling around uh, on the crutches. Uh, but you follow this guy. You've covered this guy up close and personal for so long. And we were discussing in hour one how Tiger is obviously a little more open now with uh, with the, the patrons, the fans. And he was, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but it almost looked like he was actually making eye contact with fans as they were cheering yeah. him on. He was acknowledging them. Have you ever seen Tiger this open with fans no. watching him? Never, never. And, and listen, as, as athletes, great athletes age, and they look back at their careers, almost all of them, to a man and woman, uh, become more appreciative because, you know, the, the celebrations that they had, they know are now in the rearview mirror, and then they realize that all the people, all the patrons at Augusta National didn't care what he shot. We, I mean, obviously we're all hoping for the Hollywood ending, but I think realistically as, as that Saturday round unfolded, we realized, okay, all right, let's just appreciate the fact that he's playing again. 
And I think he, everywhere he walked around at Augusta, he had a smile. And, and yesterday he was talking to John Rahm throughout the round. That would never, ever have happened before. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's changed dramatically. And then at the end, when he was again, his, you know, think about that. And as he said, in 97, now his dad, Earl, could not walk the golf course because of heart problems. And, of course, the big hug is what we all take from that. But his mom in 97 walked every hole of that first Masters victory for Tiger. She walked every hole in 2022 this past week with Tiger. And, and he said she probably shouldn't have, but she's hard-nosed, and she was going to do it. And I think, you know, he, he talked about that. I mean, guys, it really is special. And regardless of what you think about Tiger and all the stuff he's been through, you have to appreciate a phenomenal career and this will to come back and do it one more time with his family. Uh, I don't know. It's, and, and again, guys, let me just throw this out there too. And he said it, he was born the year Lee elder got to play in the masters. That was the year Tiger Woods was born. And then he said he played this week, first two rounds with Joaquin Neiman, who wasn't even born yet when he won the masters in 97. <laughs> and he looks back at all these things that are going by in warp speed. And you guys aren't as old as I am, but I'm here to tell you, as you get older, things go by and work speed. <laughs> and, I, and I think Tiger really appreciates that fact. And he's realizing that the end is near, so he has to appreciate every moment from here on out. Well, uh, Doug, I'm old enough to, to tell you as well that the things are moving way too quickly. And <laughs> I think you nailed something on the head there because, you know, during our Masters coverage here up in Canada on the weekend, I was just racking my brain as to... You know, why someone, why would Tiger want to put himself through this? I mean, this was a ridiculous amount of work, a huge team effort, the amount of people involved, the pain, the discomfort. But I think that's the nail on the head. You don't sometimes realize how important things are, the little things, until they're not there anymore or until you feel them slipping away. And I think what you and Adam are talking about with the acknowledging of, of the patrons and the people and... You know, looking back, he wants a few more laps before he's willing to say goodbye, and and, and that'll be enough for him. We're with Doug Bell from uh, CBS Sports, PGA Tour Live, PGA Tour Radio. Uh, Doug, before we let you go, a couple more questions from Adam and I. I just want to switch gears a bit here because uh, Adam and I were suggesting that you know, for the regular sports fan right now, they're sitting back and they're going, wow, this Scotty Scheffler has come out of nowhere. And maybe, <laughs> and maybe this is just a hot streak that might go away. And, and I'm here to kind of say, hold on a sec. This is two years in the making. This is the PGA yeah. Tour Rookie of the Year. This is someone yeah. who is undefeated at the Ryder Cup, who has a 24-month building block that just happened to kick in the door 60 days ago. But this is not a flash in the pan. This is not somebody who's just riding a hot putter. The boxes are checked here, are they not? Oh, yeah. And the one thing, uh, he is number one on the PGA Tour in scrambling. Mm -hmm. And we saw that on display all week long at the Masters. That was on display at the match play. That was on display at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And Mark, you and I were there. Uh, He was getting up and down from some ridiculous spots. And even in Phoenix, when he went out there, uh, you don't hit all those greens on that golf course. And, and so here's a guy who hits it plenty long with, with all the top bombers. Uh, iron play, he, hits it, he might be the highest altitude iron play on the PGA Tour. It is crazy how high his shots get, but he can also flight the ball. And obviously the putter is really, really good. But the short game, ingenuity, touch, feel, uh, imagination around the greens, 
uh, is something that we're not talking about, but we should. And I think that'll serve him well. Uh, again, halfway through the season, he has four wins in the Masters Green Jacket. So right now, if he just said, you know what, I want to play the rest of the year, he's the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Yeah, I don't think right. there's any question, right? <laughs> um, but, but he has three more majors and the FedEx Cup playoffs. Wow, this could be this could be a season for the ages. And and you know I know it sounds like hyperbole, and I'm kind of caught in the moment, but I think he's that good, Mark and Adam. I really do. I believe he's that talented, and I think what we're seeing is a coronation of an elite superstar in uh, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, and Scheffler is the sixth world number one to win the Masters ever. So quite an accomplishment there. Yeah. Before I let you go, Doug. Rory McIlroy, where are yep. you on Rory? This is a guy who was freewheeling on Sunday. Obviously, it was, a, it was a great moment on the 18th hole, his 72nd hole to hole out for the unlikely birdie. Finishes solo second. Wasn't really part of the picture the majority of the tournament. Where are you on Rory for the week that was and looking ahead with the three major championships to go? Well, you know, uh, I love the celebration at 18, and I had never seen that in Rory. What a great person he is, and a great interview, and I just I, I think he's a, just a great young man. And I, I love seeing that little kid come out in there at 18. I mean, that was really, really special. Haven't seen that before, so that, that was really cool. Um, I, I just believe this. Listen, there's only five guys who have ever won the Grand Slam, only five. Uh, you know, Gene Sarazen, uh the great Ben Hogan, uh, obviously Gary Player, Jack and Tiger. Jack and Tiger have each won it more than once. It's hard to win, guys. Only five in the history of golf have ever won the Grand Slam. And you think back, you know, Lee Trevino could never get it done in the Masters. He was never comfortable there. Phil, obviously, the U.S. Open six times a runner-up. Uh, Arnie and Tom Watson could never achieve it at the PGA. Sam Snead at the U.S. Open. The list goes on and on and on. Raymond Floyd could never win the Open Championship. So the golf gods make it very difficult to cross that final hurdle. And I'm not sure Rory will ever get it done at uh, the Masters. He's 32, still a young man, and he's going to have another decade where I think his game is going to be a good stead. We'll have an opportunity. But I just, um, I, I, I'm, listen, he could certainly get it done, but I, I, I don't know. Sometimes the golf gods just don't let that happen. And, again, guys, when you look at those numbers, last seven years, opening round of the major championships, he's more than 30 over par. The last three rounds of major championships the last seven years, he's about 68 under par. So why does he get out of the gates so slowly uh, with the majors? It's, it's almost inexplicable, and I'm not sure he can understand that. So, uh, again, fabulous player, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest we've ever seen in the modern era. Um, it just remains to be seen if he's ever going to be able to don that green jacket. I mean, it, it, it's hard to do, guys. It, it is a tough ask. It is a small sample of, of legendary players that have gotten it yeah. done. And uh, I don't know, Doug, you know, I, I'm with you on this. Like, I mean, the game of golf needs more Rory. He is one of the best humans out yeah. there, but uh, he needs to find something in the majors. 2014, Dougie. You know, 2014, yeah. the last time he has won a major championship. Hey, I'm going to see you Wednesday. For our PGA Tour live coverage of the RBC Heritage down at uh, PGA Tour Entertainment, so uh, we will have uh, we will have dinner Wednesday night. How's that? Hey, look forward to it. And if you want to, I'll even take you to Bucky's. Oh yes, there, but... yes, the world's largest gas station and everything else. <laughs> Bucky's. 
<laughs> this Bucky's, you can buy a sofa, a barbecue, <laughs> fill your tank with gas, have dinner, and I'm 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 pretty sure you get your suit tailored in Bucky's oh. as well. Like it, I mean, it is the most, it is unbelievable. I don't even know what Bucky is, Doug. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of animal animal that is. Uh, well, I, I think I think it's a beaver. It's a beaver. Uh, I did. I, I thought beavers were only in Canada. What is a beaver I doing in a, Florida? Well, that's why you can appreciate it. And and what you just said there, Mark, are you getting paid by Bucky's? That sounded like an enjoyment, <laughs> like a commercial read. No, I'm just shocked by it, Doug. I mean, even Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, when we spent a couple of weeks in Florida this year, she's just like, hey, do you want to go see what 200 feet of beef jerky look like? I said, no. No, I, really I don't. Know. I have no desire to see what that looks like. Doug, I'll Good see you stuff. Wednesday, buddy. Thanks for taking the Hi, time. Man. Doug Hi, Bell, take care. PGA Thanks, Tour Live, PGA Tour Radio, ESPN, and CBS Sports. He does it all. We'll see him on Wednesday. Okay, on the other side, Adam, we've got to talk Morikawa. we got to talk Connors. we got to talk Lowry. There's so many players. What about names like Spieth and DeChambeau that missed the cut? More Masters talk coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino. It is Scully on a Monday Masters edition of Golf Talk Canada. Like any Monday after a major, including the Players' Championship and RBC Canadian Open, and through the playoffs, not only can you listen to Golf Talk Canada Radio on TSN 1050 and iHeartRadio, you can watch Golf Talk Canada on TSN 2, simulcasting on Mondays after major golf events, including the playoffs. And that's what's happening this morning, Adam. And this morning, there are a lot of players scratching their heads. Huge names that missed the cut. Jordan Spieth, Kepka, DeChambeau, Molinari, Rose. Um, Shoffley. Shoffley. You were on Kepka in your edge picks, I believe. Yep, I was. So with the exception of Kepka, because obviously that's a shock to you, you picked him. I picked Sam Burns as my dark horse, who also missed the cut. I uh, thought that first-timer jinx might not relate to the second-place person in the FedEx Cup, who's got two wins this season. Other than uh, Kepka, who's the most shocking name for you to miss the cut this week? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, so I was all over Kepka last week, and he was totally shocking to me, given his major performance. Yes, he missed the cut at last year's Masters, but he was essentially playing on one leg. He was hobbling around. He was greeting greens like he was Spider-Man. But everyone else, Spieth doesn't shock me at all. Really? Even doesn't, with this history here? Even the way he spoke at, the, at his press conference before the tournament, there's just too much going on. Up yep. in here for Jordan Spieth, That's up in fair. the head. The pre-shot routine, There's just he's playing swing. He's not playing golf just yet. Mm-hmm. Bryson DeChambeau, that didn't shock me at all because the way that the significance of the, the injuries he has, I think he should take two months off and just come back for the Open. I agree. I think he's here way too soon. Totally. For me, it's Xander Shoffley. What, like, 
he has been MIA the majority of the season, right? Can I ask you a question? Yes, you may. If we were having a Masters draft in November of last year or October of last year, would you have drafted Xander Schauffele? A million percent. And he was nowhere in our conversation this year. Yeah, and he, like looking at his record, like at the U.S. Open, he's never finished outside the top 10. So if he starts to show some better form, I will be all over him again for the U.S. Open. But this is a guy who's had success at Augusta National before he was part of that tie for second behind Tiger Woods back in 2019. He finished second, sorry, finished third behind Hideki Matsuyama in 2021. Made a triple bogey on a 70th hole on 16. But his game so far this season, I mean, it's he hasn't played very well. He won Olympic gold last uh, last summer, but since then. Not much coming from Xander Shoffley. I think that might be the biggest surprise. And I, I'm kind of surprised at Kepka as well. I didn't pick him, to your point, mm-hmm. but I'm shocked that he didn't play the weekend. Yep. Absolutely shocked. And he has shown some decent form, uh, Kepka. So I, I don't know. I don't really know where that came from, Adam. It's head scratching. Yeah. Uh, we will wait and see. Okay, let's play some over par, under let's par. Let's continue our over par, under par conversation, go deeper into this leaderboard. I had two picks this week to win this championship. I went with uh, Cameron Smith and Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa really, to me, in the Rory McIlroy lane, at, you know, the backdoor cover. You know, everybody went into prevent, and then they put up a late 14 points. That's what Morikawa did with a Sunday 67. Uh, Look at his par five performance at Augusta is it's horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his opening round. He made one birdie on a par five in his opening round on 15 on Thursday. I'm looking at the par fives on Friday, one birdie on the eighth. You cannot win a green jacket making one birdie a day on par fives. I look at Saturday. On Saturday, he played the par fives in one over. Not a single birdie on the card on Saturday. This is not the way to win a green jacket. Colin Morikawa finishes five off the lead and barely took advantage of a single par five again. For me... Best iron player in the world. I know it's a fifth-place finish. I've got Morikawa over par. Where do you have him? I kind of have him under par only because of the form he was showing more recently. The Players' Championship, obviously, the weather was crazy, bizarre. Valspari didn't really have his game. The match play makes it to the round of 16. He gets absolutely waxed by Abraham Anser 7-6. and So... My expectations for him weren't very high heading into this week. He spoke about uh, this past Tuesday how he tried to learn how to hit a draw going into previous Masters this time. He just relied on that cut. And this is he, I think he's going to win a Masters at some point. This is a guy who I compare a lot to Corey Connors in terms of ball striking. Yes, Morikawa has, has had more success. But I, I still think this is under par for Morikawa. It's a, it's a great little stepping stone here with the PGA Championship. As Doug said, 36 days away. So I, I'm under par for Morikawa. All right, one have over, one have under. I got Corey for the same reason, under. Again, a lot of it's going to come down to the flat stick for Corey Connors, but three top tens in a row. You wouldn't know it if you were watching CBS on the weekend. <laughs> uh, but Corey Connors, I've got him under par. Another great finish in another big event. Sooner or later, he's going to win a second golf tournament on the PGA Tour. You know what? It almost lined up this week, but I still got him under par. I'm under par with him as well. I mean, six birdies on Sunday. That's pretty darn good on any Sunday on the PGA Tour. Yes, he made some bogeys uh, up there as well. Struck the ball pretty well. Yes, for him, it, it's the putter. It's the short game. And we've seen improvements in both categories from Connors and strokes gained around the green and strokes gained putting. 
But I think the more reps he gets in major championships, that's three straight top tens now at the Masters. He had the 18-hole lead at the PGA Championship last year. At a top 15 finish to the Open Championship back last July. This is a guy who's just hanging around. Like McElroy said, he's just hanging around, but he's actually making an impact. So I, I like Corey Connors under par. Certainly getting comfortable in his skin yes. in big events, yes. right? Certainly totally. com- comfortable. All right, I've got this next player, another top 10. That's all he does. Large bucket of top 10s. Stuck on one career major, 76 to open this championship. Follows it up with incredible 67 and then does nothing. On the weekend, 72-72. I got Justin Thomas over par. He's better than this, Adam. He is better than this, and he he lost his tournament on Thursday. Bar none. Yep. He shot four over 76 on Thursday. He struggled with the putter. Even on Sunday, he had he was making a bit of a run, had a, what, six-footer on the ninth hole and, you know, fanned it to the right. And this was a guy I was, like, like you know, I was all over Justin Thomas week all over him because of how he'd been playing five top tens and nine starts heading into the week the influence of Jim Bones Micaiah his caddy he played great on Friday I thought given the conditions coming in that we saw on Saturday like he played at that players championship where he was unstoppable that three under round on that Saturday I thought we were going to see more from Justin Thomas I got him over part two. I'm going to give you one more here. And this was a guy that you loved as your dark horse. And he almost pulled it off. Shane Lowry, five under par. And I'm going to go under par with Shane Lowry. Not just because of the, 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 the obviously, the T3 finish. A good performance from your value play yes. this week. But the way he got it done. He shoots 73 on Thursday. He f- comes back with a 68. He shoots 73 on Saturday. He comes back with a 69. But that 69, that includes a double on the fourth hole. He could, sorry, a triple on the fourth hole. He could have packed it in and walked away. Instead, he fights it in the clubhouse at a 69 for a great finish. I've got him under par. Okay, so I have him under par for the most part. But there were some there was a moment on Saturday where on the 13th hole. He sort of lost it on his caddy. He blamed his caddy for getting him a wrong. I'm not sure if you saw this. I so did not see this. Okay. So on, the, on the 13th hole, Lowry laid it up to about 30 or 40 yards to that front pin. It's a very difficult shot. He hits that shot 50, 60 feet long. And I'm not going to say what he said because, you know, he swore. Right. But you could hear him saying, you know, Bo, his caddy's name, you gave me a bad number. I got, I got no shot from here. Basically, this is your fault. Well, Shane, you're, you're hitting the shot. Right. Okay, you're hitting the shot. And, you know, he, he hit this putt down to four feet. And this putt from four feet, Mark, you've missed the hole from four feet. I we missed the hole from four have, feet. Yes. This guy plays golf for a living. This ball had no chance of going in the hole. It missed, it missed the hole by this much from four feet, fan to the right. And then on the 14th hole, made a bogey there. You could tell there were a lot of things going things on in here. Up, yeah. But this guy's a good player. If he can reel it in, you know, play with a little less emotion, maybe not like Rory McIlroy on the, on the opposite side of the spectrum, I like Shane Lowry here going ahead for majors too. And I will tell you this, from being out there, walking inside the ropes with these guys for the last eight years, there is no caddy in the world of professional golf that on a wedge shot gives a number as far off to a player that makes him 50 to 60 feet long. No, no such thing. You might get a bad number that they are off by, you know, 10 to 20 feet on a wedge. You know, the, the cover number is 123, and the cover number was really 128. There's no 60-foot mistakes on wedge plays by professional caddies. That's on that's on Lowry. Yep. All right, on the other side, we'll do three-dub. Winners, weird, and what? Masters edition. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to GTC. It is Zakino. It is Scully. I was just talking to you there, Adam, in the break. There, I'm working on oh, yeah. the first two feet back. I, I've been I've been <laughs> struggling. I've been struggling with so you know Cooch, right? Cooch has that move where he, he kind of gets flat. That's and, an understatement. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then and then it's like an it feels a little over the top. Are you almost talking the speed like this play? Yeah, here? not to that extreme. Okay, good, yeah, good. but I, I come from the inside do, so right. much uh, that I need to almost feel like it's over the top on the way down. It's never over the top with me. So I could I could throw it there all day long. I'm never going to be over the top. I'm still going to be one degree inside, even on a cast. Like it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. But I need a bit of that sensation. But I've got into this problem that I've been working on, which is because of that, I started pulling it hard to the inside to yeah. then get this way, and I was fanning the face open, which is it'll kill you with the your contact to your irons. I mean, your game will go so far south so early. So I'm working on this drill now where I will literally sit there for an hour and just take the club back two feet okay. and make sure that that face is... It appears to be shut. It's not. It's square. But before you start to turn, make keep that club down the line. Just square it. Up. I think if you morphed our our golf swings together, I mean, because I I I'm habitually <laughs> over the top always, and I I want that inside move. So there you go. I think that's it. You morph us together. But I, you know what's so funny? I fight this. Every it's so weird. Body memory and patterns and old habits in this game. This time of year. I fight this at the start of every golf season. Totally. At the start of every golf season, I want to fan it over. It makes no sense. All right. So much to get to in the world of golf in terms of uh, good, bad, the ugly. We call it winners, weird, and what. And this week, Adam, the tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, it was interesting. On the weekend, uh, part of the discussion between our master's panel down in Augusta and Lindsay and I here in Toronto is, you know, about Tiger's presence on tour. And, you know, back in the day, it was a straight intimidation factor. And I'm not suggesting that that intimidation factor is gone by any means of the imagination. Look what happened in 2019 with Kepka and Molinari when they saw his name on the board. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and Tiger knew what they were going to have to face. And he just let them go through it, and he walked to his 15th major. But I mentioned something to Lindsay, who I really enjoyed working with mm -hmm. again, by the way, this year. Lindsay Hamilton, we had a blast. But I mentioned to Lindsay that there's something different now. There's almost like a, celeb a celebratory uh, thing with Tiger, that the players love it when he's there, and they celebrate the fact when he's in the field, and they're kind of giddy about it. And in Scotty Scheffler's post-round news conference, post-round presser as a Masters champion, he was asked about the influence of Tiger. And Tiger ever make an impact on him? I love this. Listen in on this. I play Tiger's irons. I wear shoes. Wore a shirt this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, 
Tiger on the golf course is just ridiculous. Um, he's done so much for the game of golf, and you know, I, I spoke about it a little bit at the beginning of the week. Um, we're so glad to have him back out here. You know, he is the needle for the game of golf. He has completely changed the PGA Tour from when he came on 25 years ago, or maybe 26 now. Um, and his YouTube clips are just such an inspiration for me. It's pretty awesome, isn't it, Adam? That, not, obviously, you hear the inspiration, but you hear the, the like they, they celebrate his uh, presence. He's like, got his shoes, has his irons, has his shirt. But you know what I mean? Like it's like uh, me as a kid wearing um, you know a, a Doug Gilmore ball hockey jersey yeah. or a Wayne Gretzky ball hockey jersey. I mean, these guys love it. Oh, it's funny too. Scotty Shuffler saying that the influence YouTube uh, of Tiger because he, you know he's 25 years old. He's not very old, so he, he watched you know Tiger in his prime on YouTube because he didn't really you know he doesn't have many memories of watching him uh, play on TV. That's crazy. Okay, my weird this week. Now two players missed the cut this week, and I understand Bryson DeChambeau is hurt, and you and I both believe that DeChambeau, you know, came back too early, yep. and he did come back against doctor's orders. But this is bizarre. Larry Mize also missed the cut this week. Larry Mize was one shot better after 36 holes than Bryson DeChambeau. Larry Mize gave up 80 yards, 80 off the tee, and 35 years in age to Bryson DeChambeau and beat him straight up this week at Augusta National. That's pretty wild. I mean, hit fairways. I mean, maybe Bryson's got to dial back the ball. Maybe Bryson will come back. He'll be 60 pounds later and just want to hit fairways. I don't know. But that that's crazy. I mean, 80 yards. That's a Walmart. They built a Walmart between Mize and DeChambeau. And never mind the 35 years. Unbelievable. And my what this week? I'm, gonna, I'm giving you two what's. Oh. I'm cheating. My first what wow. is, did you see uh, Hudson Swafford's clubhead sure go flying on 13? I mean, I've seen clubheads come off golf shots before. I, I've seen equipment falter. But usually the ball goes 40 feet. It goes tumbling into the creek. It goes off in the woods. He got so much club head on the ball as it was coming off his iron. The ball went long off, off the green on 13. This defied everything that you, you see in golf. I mean, we've broken golf clubs before. We've seen it before. Like you mentioned, it, typically you'd see someone like cold top it, and they're like, what on earth just happened? And he did that what on earth just happened reaction. But his ball ends up long on 13. I don't think I've certainly never seen something like this before. And my second one, I just got to reiterate it because we <laughs> mentioned it off the top. Jack Nicholas in that ceremonial tee shot should have taken his brand new carbon age stealth driver and clubbed a uh, player <laughs> over the head for the Saudi Golf League logo in a ceremonial tee shot at yeah, Augusta. And this is a year after, was it his son? I think it was his son. Who yeah. was hawking the golf balls oh, in the that background? Was that was bad. I'm like, how many years are we going to watch Gary do this at the, at the ceremonial tee shot? At what point do we just put out the hook and yank him? Yep. All right, Adam, the tee is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. You know, Mark, just hearing that, I, I, <laughs> I just I want to hit golf balls like right sort of now-ish. Okay. Anyway, uh, my winner this week, Masters.com. Uh, for yet another year, Masters.com shows every shot from every player, and that's awesome to see because. As many people pointed out on Twitter, especially for us Canadians, sometimes you don't see a lot of the you know your favorite player, your Corey Connors, or maybe you know some guys you you might like and root for. And Masters.com is a theme for my three dub this week because Ooh. something we also didn't see on the broadcast is my weird. 
Okay. That's Kevin Knox. Yes. On Saturday. And we're going to show it on TV we're this We're going to show it on TV this week. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. He's putting for birdie on 16. You think, hey, you know what? I'm in this tournament. Maybe two butt per par. He makes a triple bogey. Mm-hmm. Five butt. <laughs> not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. What? What? Five putt. I mean, Tiger had a four putt, but For a five putt. One of the putt? best putters in the game, too, by the way, right? You know what? And he didn't walk any of them in, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> if he had putt. walked in the fifth one, oh, yeah. that would be the best. Well, and the funniest was on the 17th hole, which the broadcast did show, he hit it to four feet, and that four footer did not have a chance of going in the hole. So, Kevin, nah, some putting struggles. Okay, my what this week? Speaking of putting struggles, Matthew Wolf. Has it's been a it's been a career for him so far, but uh, thirst, uh, first round Thursday, he's four over through six holes, struggling, had some issues in the bunkers, so he goes long on seven, and says, you know wedges aren't working out of the bunker, <laughs> let's try putting it. Uh, Absolutely bizarre. Not to anyone's surprise, the ball hit the lip. Came back down. Probably the most impressive thing about the shot and the whole thing was Wolf's club throw to his caddy and the caddy throwing him back a wedge. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> oh man! But you know what? It's, you know what's so funny, Adam, is that the Masters, I think, unlike any golf tournament in the world, gives you more of that. Gives totally. you more of stuff that you won't see anywhere else. You just mentioned it. We saw a five-putt from Kevin I. We saw Hudson Swafford's club go flying. We saw, never mind, what about Scotty Scheffler's finish for the double bogey on 18, where the hole was shrinking by the <laughs> second, right? We see a 63-year-old Larry Mize giving up 80 yards to Bryson DeChambeau in 35 years. Beat a guy. I mean, Augusta gives you this like no other. And it gives you the good stuff, too. What about 10? What about two eagles on one of the hardest par fours on the PGA Tour? We saw, was it uh, Charles Schwartzel? And Gary Woodland. And Gary Woodland. Make two back-to-back days. On on a on a golf hole that you know annually is in the you know one of the to- toughest par fours in the world of golf. It, there's no other tournament like it. There really isn't, and you, you saw it more on Sunday too. You know, with some of the pin locations in some bowls, I guess, or you know where you can feed off slopes. For example, the seventh hole, the fourteenth hole, the sixteenth hole, holes like that, or even the eighteenth hole too. Uh, that's why it's the best tournament of the year. There are, what, 364 more days till the Masters the next, next one. Year. Yeah, so we're so excited. But, you know, like you mentioned, no shortage of weird in the world of golf this week. On the other side, we're going to tee up 20 weeks of TaylorMade for you, put a bow on the show, let you know where you can find Golf Talk Canada moving forward. I'm going to get Adam's favorite right now for the PGA Championship Ooh. if it started tomorrow. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we put a bow on today's show. Golf Talk Canada Television, 1 o'clock on Wednesday, a one-hour recap of the Masters. We'll take a little bit of a peek forward to the RBC Heritage, which is where I am off to on Wednesday. Actually be in the studio for PGA Tour Live, uh, working uh, featured group and marquee group coverage. I have no idea who I'm following Uh or who I have, but that's what I'll be doing. Pretty good field. Yeah, good field. Really good field. Fun golf course, right? Yeah. As Doug was suggesting, it's uh, for Corey Connors, uh, for a lot of ball strikers. Uh, Bob was suggesting it. Uh, there's a few golf courses on the PGA Tour that are old school. You play them green to tee. You play them backwards, create angles. It's not a, you know, a bomb it and gouge it uh, display. Yep. Uh, Harbor Town is one of them. Sawgrass is one of them. Uh, Copperhead at Valspar is one of them. Uh, this might be the the most fine tuned in terms of the most subtle. Like, I mean, you can be in the fairway at Harbor Town and not have a, a shot at the whole location. So totally. it'll be interesting to see what we get and uh, looking forward to working that. Okay, I left us hanging with we're going to take Scotty Scheffler off the board, Scully. Mm-hmm. PGA Championship is just about a month away. Southern Highlands, uh, Southern Hills, excuse Southern me, Hills, Southern yeah. Hills, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Redesigned by Gil Hands, by the way. So there has been a redesign, a renovation project. There's a lot of shaved down bailout areas, a lot more interesting things around the greens, tighter lies around the greens than what we saw the last time we were there, which really, I hate to say it, speaks to what we just saw with Scotty Scheffler. I know. Okay. But let's take Scheffler off the board. Give me one or two names right now that if you were picking tomorrow, if I asked you for your TSN edge picks for the PGA Championship tomorrow, your two favorites, you can't take Scheffler, who are you taking? That's tough. I mean, because it's so wide open. There's so you many should guys. say the favorite. Uh, the favorite, is according John to FanDuel, the favorite yeah. still is John Rahm at okay. ten to one. Right. And like we were discussing in break, he looks a little lost right now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with him, you wouldn't be surprised if he flips right. the switch. Hard not to like Colin Morikawa mm-hmm. hitting greens. Uh, a little further down the line, maybe a guy like Daniel Berger. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as a favorite. Patrick Cantlay. He's mm-hmm. due to win a major at some point here. I don't like is is Rory McIlroy going to flip the switch? And... I, I can't take Rory. <laughs> I can't pick Rory. I, I, again, I put the sixty four, put him more over par. For me, I have to stick exactly with the two same picks I had for the Masters. You know, uh, Cameron Smith and Morikawa. Yeah, I yeah. got to think that Cameron Smith again had a chance to win a green jacket, and Morikawa again played horrible and finished solo fifth. Yeah. And sooner or later, the best iron player in the world is going to win again. And he just finished fifth at Augusta with his C game. Fair enough. Maybe okay. B minus. Yep. Maybe. Cameron Smith. Really, we got him in a tie for third, but he was the only other player that really could have won this golf tournament. How about Dustin Johnson? This is a guy who, you know, sort of lost in the wilderness. He still hasn't won a North American soil since uh, 2020. November 2020. But, you know... What was he, top 12, I believe, top 14 this week at the Masters? Uh, maybe, who knows? If he wins, he's around 16 to 1 right now on FanDuel. If he goes on to win, we could be discussing a career grand slam come mm-hmm. 150th Open. Interesting. Perhaps. Interesting. Perhaps, and maybe. of course, Jordan Spieth. 
A yes. lot of work to do because he a lot has an of work to do for Jordan. He has an opportunity to win a career Grand Slam when we get to the PGA Championship, but that seems like an awful long way away right now. Yeah. If you watched anything from Jordan Spieth this week, okay, Adam, only a couple minutes left. Twenty weeks of TaylorMade. How do they win? What are we giving away Wednesday afternoon? Twenty weeks of TaylorMade, week number one, and it is major. We're giving away a stealth driver. Yes, the same driver that the Masters champion Scotty Scheffler had in the bag. The same driver that. Rory McIlroy had in the bag. Colin Morikawa had in the bag. Oh, hey, Tiger Woods had in the bag, too. <laughs> and some stealth irons. All you, have to As do, you and I also have that in the bag. That we do. <laughs> that we do. All you have to do to win stealth driver, stealth irons, follow Golf.Canada. Follow TaylorMade Canada. Uh, tag your golfing buddies on our posts on social media, Twitter and Instagram, and you'll be in a draw to win. Grand prize, uh, custom set through the bag, tailor-made, top to bottom, woods, irons, wedges, putter, bag, etc. cetera. Uh, treated like a tour pro for the day and a trip for two to Casa de Campo, Dominican Republic, five rounds of golf, uh, your accommodations for you and a friend, all your food, all your drink. Uh, Sounds great. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, over 30000 in prizing this year. The grand prize alone, over 10000 I mean, if you're not following us and TaylorMade on social media, uh, you are missing out on another great season of 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We're back on Wednesday, Wednesday. 1 o'clock. Yes. You're going to be in this chair on Monday. That's right. I am flying back from St. Augustine where PG Tour Entertainment is, so I'm hoping if the flight works on time, I fly out early, so if the flight works on time, I will be on the ground hopefully in time for segment two of GTC mm-hmm. at some point. You and I will have to talk, so yep. you and Bob, though, steering the ship. Or maybe you come on for one long extended, and, and then yeah. take some time to, you know, <laughs> you're flying. You, you need time to recuperate, to relax, to yes, speed train. I don't know. Like, yeah. The Masters, although we love it, it is the tournament that never ends. Yes. And for me, this is my second tournament that never ended this year, because That's I was right. on the ground for the Players' Championship doing radio. Yep. Which was the tournament that never ended. That really I mean, never ended. it literally finally Monday. We, you know, like yeah. we're getting that in the Masters. I mean, we've been on the air since Monday of last week, right. nonstop. We did radio, TV, radio. That's radio, you're right. Yeah. I mean, and we will do that as well for all the majors this year. Mm-hmm. Bonus Wednesday radios, including the RBC Canadian Open, which Scotty Scheffler is playing, is in the field. Love to see that. Adam, always a pleasure. Are you hitting any balls this week? I'm hoping to. I'm playing golf this Friday. Oh, Friday, and you're going to see the Arkells. Yes, I am. Oh, no, the boss is coming. There you go. That's it. All right. Enjoy the Sims. Thank you. Get out there. You go too. Enjoy your first round on Canadian soil Friday. It's going to be and, cold. And enjoy the Arkells. Thank you. You're young. You can handle it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I hope everybody enjoyed the Masters. We're back Wednesday. Jump in on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. There's no reason not to. We're also back next Monday for radio as the major golf season has just got started here on Golf Talk Canada. Remember Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.